don't want to be an actor pretending on the stage don't want to be a writer with my thoughts out on the page don't want to be a painter because everyone comes to look don't want to be anything where my life's an open book a dream it's true but I see it through if I could be a farmer working in the sun don't want to be an outlaw always on the run don't want to be a climber reaching for the top don't want to be anything where I don't know when to stop a dream it's true
Greetings and welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. I'm Liam Allen with my friend Morris Sachs. How you doing, MB? What a day. What a day. How are you? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm great. It's good to see you, pal. Same here. Can you hear me okay? We're crystal, having work crystal clear. Crystal. We're having we're having work done in the studio literally as we speak. I, good. I can't begin to tell you what. Well, that's that, like that, that leads me to what I was just discussing with my wife was uncomfortable beginnings. Cause I said, I'm going to play this song and it's going to make him uncomfortable. Absolutely not. The first <laughs> thing that came to mind was serenity. Now, George, yeah, okay. right. Yeah. I yeah. found my, and the second thing I thought of, this was never my thing, but you know how guys will make mixtapes and give them to girls. To, yes. 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 That would be number one. On, well, Actually, not really, because Cheryl hates fish. But right. but if I had a girlfriend that liked fish, right? Yeah. Yep. So anyway, but back, I, but back to the ahead. back to the work in the studio because I told my wife, I said back in the day, I said there was nothing better when I would go over to Morris's house, okay? And it'd be like, all right, be there at like five o'clock, we have a couple of beers and some pizza, and I'd get there. You know, first of all, it takes like four to five minutes to drive down the driveway from the gates. Okay. So once you arrived <laughs> at the house, okay. And I would go in and I could tell something was wrong where you'd, you'd be, I'd be like, what's up, dude? And then I'd hear the dogs in the kitchen and it was either the pup or it was the old dog, but there was something that was making you crazy. And you, and I could just, to this day, to this fucking day, (laughs) it's like, I don't understand what is, there's like the (laughs) nicest dogs, the second somebody comes in the house, right, so, so, just spoiler alert, this show's going anywhere, okay, so if, if you're a fan of heart, turn it off, (laughs) but we had Alex and Courtney over for dinner, this is a couple years ago, Alex, you know, Mm -hmm. Courtney, Mm-hmm. sweetheart midwestern mm-hmm. gal and we have this puppy and we're having dinner and the puppy gets on the couch which you know is you know 10 feet from and just squats and takes a shit on the couch <laughs> i know i said to my wife i was like i don't know if it was the old dog because it once there was an old dog that performed a similar trick occasionally i'd be like amy we uh-huh. get over it. and like it was perfect timing like the like poor old lady would like shit on the floor in the kitchen yeah. just as you and I were sitting and like uh, you'd be so annoyed by it. and Cheryl would be like whatever like shrug I'm gonna clean it up like I'm sorry and you'd be like my friends are here <laughs> my my sister-in-law lived with us for a long time and she had this fucking awful dog that was deaf dumb stupid and it was incontinent and it would walk around the house with shit popping out of its ass and you know, it's like you like to think you made a success in your life. Exactly. That's what I, I would say. Yeah. yeah. I'd be like, it, I'd be like, you're, you're like, it's just so hilarious that like this is this is a master of the universe. The universe. Every, yeah. Everything yeah. is perfect. I was like, I'm there at 4:58, and he's irate, and I and I'm like, well, I'm like, what's up, bro? Is everything cool? And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come in, like, like as if everything's cool when I know that it's not. And I was like, what are you furious about, buddy? <laughs> Start. I was I was so far at the end of my rope with that dog. 
I looked up how to euthanize a dog. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> twenty eight Benadryl. That's what twenty eight Benadryl. Didn't 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 Cheryl go away and you were like left with it and you were like, look, this might be my window. <laughs> In other news, um, <laughs> go on. How was your weekend? <laughs> what's a weekend? I don't. I'm so far. I had. I had an allergic reaction to something two days ago, and oh. they gave they gave me a bunch of prednisone to reduce the inflammation. Nice. So I'm on been on steroids, and we all know how well I do on steroids, right? Right. right. Anyway, so what happens today is we got the writer's strike, right? So I'm skulking around looking for material, and not sure what to talk about because as you so presciently pointed out. And was um, uh, reaffirmed by Anthony Peters. You know, enough inverted curve, enough Fed, and it's like enough already, right? So I'm trying to think of something to write about, and um, I start jotting down some notes. And I come in uh, to the studio here, as I like to do in the morning before, and just just to have some, you know. Things to jot down in case in the mm-hmm. once in a million I have run out of things to talk about. I'll get mm-hmm. some okay. So I come in the studio and it's like a hundred fucking degrees in here. Now I know you I know you and Kevin have had guffaw after guffaw of me doing these things with no shirt on. It's because my 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 studio, my office is it's it's lovely, but all it's all windows. Yep. And so in the afternoon, the sun comes in and thing gets to be like a hundred degrees. And it's like, so you start sweating, right? So, so the air condition is not working. The writers are on strike, right? And so I call my, you know, emergency HVAC guy to come over and he comes over, but he's not union, right? So he's in here working with his team. And all of a sudden, Cheryl starts screaming, there's a truck in the front of the house with an inflatable rat. What is this all about? <laughs> they got past the guards. They got past the guards. <laughs> I said, son, honey, ignore them. They'll, they'll go away. Anyway, enough about that. It's, it's great to see you. Did you have a good week? Yeah, yeah, it was great. Absolutely. I became an I became a, an expert in submarines and Russian coups, okay, in my spare time. <laughs> Mutiny. So, uh, so our friend Turgut was over for dinner last night. Now, you know, look, some people died. And, and it's not really nice to make fun of it, but 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 who does that? Like so my friend Turgut is Turkish. And he's an incredible cook, great human being, was national champion cyclist over Turkey. But he's not like terribly sophisticated guy. Technology. And I'm trying to explain to him about this concept of the submarine. And I said, okay, imagine someone comes up to you and says, get inside this garbage can. We're going to put a lid on it and some food and we're going to we're going to drop it in the water and you're going to go down to the bottom. Mm-hmm. And he looks at me, he's like, why are you going to do that? <laughs> like, I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
Uh, there's that Darwin Award. Yep. Every year. SI. They're right up there. Yeah. 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 Uh, I did see that, uh, unsurprisingly, Los Angeles edged out Chicago for worst city in the United States. Wow. I would have bet. Oh, the sh- farm. Excuse me. San Francisco. San okay. Francisco. Oh, well. Yeah. 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 Well, because, you know, Chicago has some bad weather. So a couple snowstorms drive the numbers down. Okay. When you can't. Well, that, that, yeah. That's I'm right. not. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. You're, you're right. Oh, I believe you because that's what happens in Flagstaff and um, Tucson. So in the in the winter, they go from Flagstaff down to Tucson because it gets cold in Flagstaff. Of course. So, of course. Yeah. Make all makes sense now, doesn't it? <sighs> so. Anyway, uh, you saw, uh, obviously, the Meghan Merkel podcast was canceled. Um, oh, there are people reached out to us to developing a new series. <laughs> idiots. Idiots. Spotify. You paid yeah. them money. <laughs> Clowns. Um, yeah. Yeah. I had a few lines about us doing a podcast with the Merkels, but I figured better to save that for when it's my last show okay. um, and maybe it is my last show okay. you never know right. um anyway there's some odds and ends i thought maybe we would talk about today um and of course obviously please feel free to interrupt because you want to do that um, you want to talk about the auction yeah so uh well <laughs> yes and no no so then, then no. I'm, I'm, Let's talk about it at the end. Let's talk about it later then. Well, let me just, you brought it up, okay? <laughs> I'm in contact with Ted Shaker, former head of CBS Sports, and he's, he's going to help us with the auction. Okay. But the auction, uh, as you know, is going to be lunch, my house, Shannon Day's brisket, couple bottles of... Um, Harlan Estates. Harlan Estate, 1994. A uh, good friend, Leslie Harris, will be there. Uncle Mark has agreed to join. Leslie, by the way, I believe at one point offered to make some chopped liver. Yep. So I'm going to hold him to that. Thank and you. I've actually extended an invite to a surprise guest. We'll see if he can make it, but it's someone in the uh, in the conversation. So we'll see. Okay. But my 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 plan is since it's brisket and mm-hmm. it's cabernet, we're gonna focus on uh, middle October. Okay. Right? What's more beautiful than middle of October yes. in New England? Yep. Right? Yep. Okay. Yep. And and so details to follow. Okay. Uh so that's Thanks. of course. But I, I I was scheduled to uh to um talk to Ted about that today but he was waiting at the toyota dealership to get his camera fixed and uh, he felt that there's enough that needs to be kept under wraps that it shouldn't <laughs> be in the public domain understood interesting interesting okay very good thank you thank you so um this little note caught my eye i thought i might go ahead and read it aloud um so the title uh, is called The Fog of War and Commodity Prices. 
But that's not really what I'm getting after here. So I'll just read it. During the 1943 Sicilian campaign of World War II, George Patton, the U.S. Army's best-known and most aggressive general, slapped a soldier who was suffering from what we would now call post-traumatic stress disorder. When the U.S. press reported the incident, there was uproar back home, and among other commanders, uh, who correctly felt Patton had overstepped the mark. In consequence, Dwight Eisenhower, the Supreme U.S. Commander in Europe, benched Patton, who was therefore sidelined during the Allied invasion of Normandy the following year. Okay. Patton's absence convinced Adolf Hitler that the Normandy landings were a feint and that the Allies' main offense would be directed towards northern France. Who would be mad enough to leave their best commander at home when the battle was so crucial? Surely the whole slapping incident was a propaganda diversion aimed at fooling the German high command about the Allies' real intentions. Wow. I'll just leave it there, shall we? Okay. I didn't know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. 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 So there you go. History. Amazing. Um, let's see. Among our group, there was some discussion of autonomous driving. Um, <laughs> you know how um, crazy Kathy his uh crazy Kathy has said there were going to be yes, yes um okay so I'd like to separate out the autonomous driving from the Tesla automobile okay okay yes full full disclosure Saxon company has owned two Teslas and we would have owned four if they weren't such cunts dealing with their clients okay it's it's merely because they did everything within their power to make me go away and, yep. and they succeed. Okay. Yep. But the car's the it's a good car, okay? It's not a Porsche. The fit and finish sucks. Okay. I I find the user interface to be awful. Cheryl seems to like it. I don't know. But they build a car and the guy built a market and good on him. Right. But this autonomous driving thing, it hit me and I'll explain why it's ne never going to happen. Thank you. OK. OK. So as uh, many of you know, uh, Cheryl has been in the charter aircraft business for 20 something years now. And um, as the trophy husband. I hear a lot of things go on about the maintenance of the aircraft. And at this point, we're not talking about standard autopilot where the guy gets it up to 39,000 feet and just hits the, you know, uh, like on a car. Plugs in the coordinates and hits send. Yeah, hits start. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah. Or um, to veil. Yeah. What's that thing on the car where you put the speed? The cruise control? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're not talking about like yeah. when they get it up to altitude. They just put it on cruise control till it hits. Then, okay. We're talking about these planes can back themselves up. They can turn themselves around. They can ferry themselves down the runway. They can take off. They can do the whole fucking thing. You don't need a human to do one thing. Yep. Okay. And you know how many times a day that gets done? Zero. Nada. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. He hadn't packed the thing and he hadn't called the soul. Right. They're so anal with these airplanes. Years ago, they, they decided there's so many planes. They wanted them to fly closer together. Now, the distance, and our good friend Shannon will know the exact statistics, but for our purposes, we'll use rough numbers. In the old days, jets might have three or 4,000 feet above and below them between yep. the next one and some number of miles in front of behind. Okay. And they decided because of the traffic, they would do this thing called RVSM, Reduced Vertical Separation Minimum. So now I think planes can be above and below each other by maybe a couple thousand feet, which in this day of GPS and all that stuff, that's a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, And it's not just the pilot looking at a a meter it's built into this this thing called tcas and or, or um the tcas or toss it's it's traffic avoidance warning system toss okay. okay so you put your little airplane number in your transponder number and it's sending out signals and you can look on a little radar thing in the cockpit and it shows you all the planes around you and their transponder number. And, and if, God forbid, you start drifting too close, it it tells you, mm-hmm. you know, traffic, traffic, traffic. And if you don't respond, the two planes communicate to each other and decide which one's going to go which way. Because that way you don't get into some argument between the two pilots about I'm going up, you're going, the, the plane's just, okay. So the, the chance of something going wrong here, very low, right? But we don't, we don't, uh, we don't do that. Right, right. We don't let them, we don't let them fly themselves. Like who's getting on a plane? I mean, I don't care. You might not care, but what typical person's going to get on a plane and if the, the thing is, oh, yeah, we don't have any pilots. It's just the computer does it. And, and by the way, any military aircraft that exists today, it's 100% flown by, right? Because humans can't move the thing fast enough. Yep. Right? Yep. Okay. So now let's go to this concept of autonomous driving. So you are living in Stanford and you got to drive to rye to pick up a gallon of milk. 
and you get in your autonomous driving car, how's that going to go? Yeah, how's not- that going to go when when grandma is walking across the street and because she's walking so slow, autistic Elon didn't take into account that old people walk slower and the fucking thing mows her over. Dude. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So okay. Okay. But wait, there there's more. His correspondent Leslie Harris pointed out, he goes, that's not where the action's gonna be. The the action's gonna be these guys driving these trucks, these long haul routes overnight, right? The New York to California, because they don't have to sleep, because it's a automatic and and i said you know that's a great idea what if you did something like you went from california to new york and you laid down these metal bars imagine that and you put these little cars on them with wheels yep and i think (laughs) maybe you call it a railroad Dude, I'm such a train nerd. I love trains. I've taken my kid to the to every railroad museum available. How can you not? How can you not? It's yeah. incredible. Uh, two miles long, 600 containers, New York to Florida, done. <laughs> One guy, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, but if you if you if you really want autonomous vehicles, dude, it, it, seriously, this is what you do. You take half of I-95. Okay, and you lay track, mm. yeah, and you put more railroad yeah. cars, you know, right? It's already you don't even have to steal the land from the Indians. You, you just <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. already. I know, I know. Well, I'll tell you where it works. I'll tell you where it works. It is on the farm in the Midwest. All right, so the John Deere tractor, you can run the John Deere tractor via GPS autonomously. You can send that thing out in the field, and it can. It can plow X amount of of acres in a day. Okay. But that's never going to fully replace a farmer in his tractor. It will, it will, what's it will augment his operation for sure. But the idea that you're going to get in a yellow cab in Manhattan without a driver. And dude, I know that they're sending, I know you sent me an article about Waymo has them on the streets of San Francisco. They have them on the streets of San Francisco because San Francisco, like we previously mentioned, is a war zone. It's it's lawless. Like the robotic car is the least of San Francisco's worries. So they send it into a in a three block radius up in Haight Ashbury. They let a Bloomberg News tech reporter ride around in one for twenty minutes, and he writes a four paragraph article that they spackle on the cover of the morning paper. And yeah. I- Again, yeah. I got to hear about the fucking robo taxi. So like yeah. Bloomberg's yeah. Pushing it. Bloomberg's pushing it with the amount of shit. All right. You got to You need to talk to Mayor Mike. OK, I know you can you can get Mike on the phone and he, I know he's short, like figuratively and literally. OK, but like yeah. first he's going to take away my giant soda. All right. But now you're going to spam me with this bullshit like the Bloomberg morning re- report. I used to take pretty seriously the five things I need to know before the day. I get Goldman Sachs is laying people off. Okay, that Kathy called calls for Bitcoin to two million and oil to two dollars. Okay, but now when it's become like robotic cars are on the road in San Francisco. Good morning. Um, yeah. yeah, it's like how was your robotic taxi ride? Well, <laughs> it was great except for the part when I got out and the homeless person bashed me in the head with a fucking <laughs> shovel. Yeah, and then. And then I got cholera 
from the <laughs> shit that we, was everywhere. And yeah. but other than that, yeah, the, the taxi ride was great. Great ride, okay. safe, secure. <laughs> please, please, um, autonomous. Stop. We're please. just we're just piling one thing under another. I I got a list of things. I might as well work my way through it. Dude, I um, imagine I ninety five goes down. So what are the your Tesla is going to have a software update that's going to take you down around Broad Street and down through you know what to to go around. Yeah, the- it will. It'll it'll reroute you. Yeah. Please. No, it, no, it, 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 I know. Listen, I know. They, they will, but I, you know, it's like, I don't, I don't think people get who's going to sign off on the liability. Like, who's, who's, when you hit grandma and grandma sues you for $22 million, yep. who's, who's, who's on the hook for that? Uh, it's, it's, it's probably a American taxpayer. Dude, you, all right, um, can we go back to the one thing that you've mentioned and like that 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 makes the whole thing a non-starter, and that's the United States elect- electricity grid? Okay, I'll 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 find the clip of the Senate hearing or whatever it is in which they asked the the head of the Department of Energy relatively simple question. Like I, I think my buddy who's a who's a union electrician, okay, local thirty eight, who's a U- union electrician, in New York City. How much electricity? How much electricity does the United States need in a day, let's say? And the answer is two terawatts or whatever span of time. There's an answer. There's a question and there's a very clear cut answer. It's a math question. This guy doesn't know. The director of the whatever, the National Energy Council doesn't know. Okay, so these bozos don't know. Nobody knows. So this leads me to, so say the U.S. needs two terawatts today, okay, on June 26, 2023. That's with what percentage of the country plugging in EVs, all right? We can, the grid can ban, all right, people from Texas, email me, okay? Talk to me about your blackouts, all right? Talk to me when your energy bill comes in at $4,000 a month. The grid cannot handle it right now, which leads me to, okay, now we're going to have 50% of the country instead of 5% has an electric vehicle. You will collapse the electric grid. You know who understands this? Electricians scientists and other people and like the energy companies, they understand this. Okay. Kathy doesn't understand this. The director of the department of energy doesn't understand this, but it is a stone cold fact that that I, you guys can, if I'm wrong, please email me inside baseball cast at Gmail. The grid cannot handle the goal of the electric conversion. Okay. So I'm it, by, just, by the I, way, it, it, just so you know, that number, how much electricity, yeah. Yeah, it's one point twenty one gigawatts. I know, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's as long as Kathy can get her three AAA batteries, she's happy. That's uh, good. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> like that, that's 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 where we are. All right. I mean, we are. Okay. What else you got? Come on, come on, Boston. Okay. okay. Uh, no, I'm I'm getting ready to take it to eleven. Okay. All right. <laughs> so I have a. Um, an irrational dislike for a few people. <clears throat> I clearly stated irrational. One is uh, Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. One is Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is Michelle Obama. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's let's start one by one, and maybe I'm not irrational. So, um, I went on this thing called YouTube. Because I remember when young Barack was discussing foreign policy with (laughs) that older guy, Mitt Romney. And Barack said, what do you think 
the United States' greatest geopolitical risk is. And Mitt Romney said, Russia. And Barack made fun of him. Okay. Barack, said, Barack said the 1990s called, they want their policy back. Which, yeah. which to okay. me is, which to me was not. That's not presidential, okay? Like you're in a presidential debate. That's a. That's like you and me, like horsing around. But that yeah. that was his answer. That was his answer. Yep, I know. This was in twenty. What well, what year was this? Two thousand what? Two thousand. I think it was twenty twenty. It wasn't. That, it wasn't that long ago. Okay, I mean, go ahead. Eight, eight years ago. Yes. Yes. So yes, yes. anyway, uh, the guy's ignorant, and so I remember when he got elected. Um, I won't say who, but a friend of ours in Chicago said, this is a bad guy. He hangs out with the wrong type of people, and he's not a friend of the Jewish people. You know, he's a really a, kind of a, a, a turmoil kind of guy. And this person I kind of respect, and I'm like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, I'm not talking to the guy. Anyway, well, so now... The great hope. We have a black president, great on America. Okay. We did it. And and that's an accomplishment. And if any woman other than Hillary Clinton ran for president, we'd have had a woman president. Right. But she ran and she's, you know, but I want to go back to Barack Obama for a minute. So, you know, when you get older, you you start to think about your life and think about what you've accomplished. And I think he's accomplished very little. Um, I don't think that for uh, black people that they would say they're better off than before he was president. I, I, I don't know. I'll probably get in trouble for bringing this up. But, you know, he was a community organizer on the south side of Chicago, right? Where's the worst place in Chicago right now? The south side, right? The country. Okay. And where is Barack right now? Martha's Vineyard. Martha's Vineyard? Yeah. yeah. Hawaii? Vineyard, yeah. What the fuck? Seriously. You were president of the United States, and now you're on Martha's Vineyard, and you're in Hawaii. What are you doing? Playing golf? You played huh. a lot of golf growing up as a kid. Hold on. Let me let me let me bring Chicago up to speed. Lori Lightfoot, okay, who just finished oh. Oh. just finished a uh, like a stellar term as you know a mayor of the great city of Chicago. You know what she did when she? You know what she? You know what her job where she got picked up the next day? You know where she got hired? Oh, Harvard. Bingo. Yeah. Imagine that, dude. Imagine that. You run your city into a war zone. You run X amount of dollars in business. Count the list of people. Tyson Chicken couldn't even tolerate it anymore, okay? They're gone. They all left. And and you get rewarded with a gig at Harvard, dude. That's where we are. I'm, I'm, I'm so disgusted with these people. You know, um, so you never worked for a Wall Street firm. I worked for multiple. And over the years, the rules and regs changed. Understandably so, because, you know, 
if people figure out how to break a toy, you know, they keep breaking it until the next guy figures out how to keep it from breaking, right? So one of the things was happening was we were allowed to trade our own account. And so after a while, management would be like, wait a minute, your job is to trade for us, not to trade for yourself. Well, I have my own money. You can't tell me what to do with my money. And the answer was, you're right. So if you want to invest and you want to buy a stock, go ahead. And you got to hold it for 90 days. If you don't want to hold it for 90 days, then you must not want to own it bad enough. And when you're ready to sell, you need to ask permission. Because your job is your job. Trading your personal account is not your job. Mm -hmm. Why do I bring this up? I bring this up because Nancy Pelosi is day trading or trading options. Options. Uh, speculative options are marginable security. Okay. What is, is she speaker? She's not speaker. What is she? She's nothing now. Majority leader? Is she, well, she's been, no, no, no. I don't know. She used to be what? majority leader. She was former speaker of the house. Now she's nothing. I think she's, she's the lady from California is what she is. Shouldn't she be helping the people <laughs> clean no. the shit off the streets? in Los Angeles and San Francisco and no, not trading Microsoft and Apple. How old is she? Is she 80? She's yeah. She, yeah. Yes. Yes. Got okay. It. Well, I got, I got news for you. You're going to die soon. Yep. You don't need the money. Do it's your okay. job. Yeah. Do your yeah. job or get the fuck out. Okay. So now you all right. Well, you started this. What are they going to do? What happens if Gavin Newsom runs for president? Because I've heard they're going to I've heard they're going to pull the plug on Joe and they're going to have the governor of the great state of California, Mr. Gavin Newsom. Uh, I've, I've heard that bandied about. I, <laughs> I mean, no, I, I don't. You got I anything else? What else? What's on your list? Get us. Get, uh, get me out. Well, of just get just, me out just, of Washington. <laughs> just the last thing was apparently. Um, Again, sources believed to be reliable. Apparently, the easiest bar exam to pass in the United States is the Illinois bar. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, and, okay. and, and guess who went to Harvard Law and failed the Illinois bar? Give it to me. <laughs> Michelle Obama. <laughs> That is that is a, that's a good factoid. I like that. Well, I, I I'm gonna ask the guys in the booth to fact check that one, yeah, yeah, and yeah. if I'm wrong, we'll take yeah. it out in post production. Okay, that's good. I like but, that. Um, I like that. Yeah, yeah. So I hope Michelle and Barack are enjoying their golden years in Hawaii and Martha's Vineyard. I think he's got. I'm a sorry. I think he's got a podcast. <laughs> All right, all right. Come on. <laughs> Goodbye. Let's go. I don't know. Let's let's. Should we talk about the economy? Want to talk about the economy? Absolutely. Let's go, dude. It's because it's because okay. it's falling apart at the seams quickly. Well, so um, apparently there was a brief um, discussion between um, Dr. Lacey Hunt and Carol Sokoloff. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, a 13D. And um, I can't read or explain the whole thing, but basically there are things popping up in the payroll numbers that are leading Dr. Hunt to believe the end is near. And one of these is kind of interesting. Um, so a discrepancy he pointed out is the average hours worked is down from 34.6 to 34.3. Now, it doesn't sound like a lot, but in these numbers, that's, that's, that's a meaningful change. Okay. The aggregate hours worked index, the reduction in the work week is more powerful than the jobs added. In aggregate, the labor markets are deteriorating. Now, I mentioned we saw our friend Turgot, who is a restaurateur in Manhattan, and he's got no trouble hiring people. And I don't think these are minimum wage people, but these are not. It's it's you know mm -hmm. it's um mm -hmm. not not high end people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Wall Street the layoffs are every. My prediction is every month for the next two years you're going to see an article about more layoffs on Wall Street. And uh, you know it's just taken a while. I think. We discussed how COVID, everyone bought all sorts of shit. So you had the, you know, the inventory rebuild growth. Then everyone hadn't gotten their teeth cleaned or gotten a physical in the year. So then the dentists and the doctors got all fucked up. So now the service sector's ripping. Okay. That's going to come. The restaurants are crowded. I'll, I'll grant you. But Part of what's going on there is people have been cooped up for so long. They're they need to they need to let loose a little bit. And a restaurant's really a great way to do it, right? It's a discreet experience. You can go, yep, you can relax, you can have a cocktail, you can tell a couple of jokes with your friends, somebody brings you your food. They do the dishes, oh, right? Yep. You pay a little money. You had a night out. You go home. You got out of the four walls, right? So that's turned in as much as psychotherapy is anything else. I mm -hmm. think. Yep. And and so I'm sticking with. I you know I we're headed lower in, in production and growth and recession and ultimately where rates settle in, I, I, I'm not going to try and bet with or against the forward curve. I'm going to continue to say I've got rates that I like. And I, you know, I make a, I try and make a habit of doing this to see if I did it. I did. So before we went to press, the two year note yields of 473. Okay. You ain't gonna see that number in a year. That that number is gonna have a, a two handle. It's gonna be in the twos. Yeah. Yeah, that's just that's just how it's gonna go. And the long bond at 385, 
I don't know, maybe three and a quarter, something like that. I, I think that things are starting to settle in. Uh, all of these things that people have poo-pooed because they haven't worked yet. So the quantitative tightening, the restriction in lending, the drop in money supply, the de minimis 500 basis point tightening of overnight rates in a year, right? Like this does not happen overnight. Yeah. And we're now keeping in mind long and variable lags. We're, we're going to start to see it. I, I've learned the hard way that I got no idea about anything as it relates to stocks. And I'll leave it to you to determine if I know anything about bonds. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think these yields are attractive. The, the title of last week's podcast, Return of Capital versus Return on Capital. Yeah, I, I, I think there's going to be some business failures or Schumpter's creative destruction, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think this is going to be a cleansing process. And uh, um, I, I think it's a good time to, as always, to lay low. Uh see what happens with the Russian situation. I think cracks are forming. Uh, if Putin was taken out and there was some stability in government, I do think you would get a uh, what in the old days we called a peace dividend, right? Yep. Because the, the you know, yeah. the, the, mm-hmm. there's any, nothing less green than war, as James Grant said. Because you're just blowing shit up, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, yeah, wow. So when, when that stops, uh, if that stops, I think that would be very good. But other than that, you know, it's just, it's it's easier when you get older. But it's like lie back and earn the carry. I mean, what's the hurry? Really, where are you? What are you? FOMO. People have the FOMO. People have the FOMO. You know, they do. They, they've watched. They've watched the S&P go up and up and up and up and up. And, you know, it just, yeah. they've watched Tesla go up. They've watched NVIDIA go up. Yeah. Apple, you know, the GameStop. People, what? How about how about the video for the GameStop movie? Dude. I can't wait to see that. That, like you said, just give them the Academy Award now. Dude, right? I would I would go to the theater with you. No kidding. Like, 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 I would, Dad, I would, I would go, I would it's go to the date. theater. Okay. I haven't been to a theater. Okay. I would go to the movies. I would go happily nine o'clock, seven, nine o'clock on Friday night. I'm going to see it. Okay. Yeah. Like, no matter what, it looks entertaining. Um, yeah. It looks fantastic. Um, yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio packed on 70 pounds to pay to play Stevie Cohen. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. In case you didn't miss it, folks, there's the, the movie trailer came out for, uh, for it's called Dumb Money. All right. So, like, what, like, 
Dude, what's the last time? What's the last movie? Uh, you're a bad person to ask because I know the answer. The last movie that you're excited about, it, your answer is John Wick. Good. Like, Gone with the Wind. An, an, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Gone with the Wind. Like something silent. Like, oh, yeah, I like Godfather in the theater. That's the last movie I went and saw. Okay, thanks. Uh, all right, really. There hasn't been a movie that I've been excited about. And I'm, I'm 42 years old. I could, I cannot, like maybe like old school or something 20 years ago. Like I might have gone and seen yeah. old school in the theaters or. Or something atrocious like that but like what about the the dawn wall did you see that in the theater no no no, no. you put me onto that and i watched it alone yeah. in like, my bed with an ipad and you know <laughs> had anxiety <laughs> that's a, that's enough information <laughs> okay come on <laughs> <laughs> oh that's hilarious um but yeah so the, the the dumb money movie looks fantastic i would i would i would spend money for that for sure um so yeah, other than that, dude, there is like I mean, I, I know I, I know it's lazy for me to say that there's nothing going on, but again, we're sitting at forty three fifty seven. We're sitting at the shows, the show's price that where we started it at. That's okay. shocking, isn't it? Just, Does that mean we're supposed to end? Dude, I remember it rings in my ears. One Sunday, one Sunday or something, or you might have been a week ahead of it, or you might have been a day ahead of it, but you said something about pay attention around forty three fifty and like we were there and I was like, dude, yeah. here well, we are now. I, you know? I, I, I'm clearly got that number from EG. I was and and, and and yeah, I, I don't so we're gonna chop back and forth. Meanwhile, Duke and Duke get the commissions <laughs> on true. all those assets that they're managing for you. And uh <laughs> at least I don't lay awake at night thinking about that, which is good. We got an email. I wanted. I do want to answer one email because guys send me good emails. Um, and he asked, and, and the reader asked about. Um, and if there's anyone that sent me an email that I didn't answer, I apologize. Sometimes I'll like I'll answer it in my head and then not write it and send it. Okay, you understand, all right? But if this was a good email, and the guy said he'd love to hear more about MB from the period between Louis Dreyfus and Greenwich Capital, or was it you know when you were at Deutsche Bank? I assume this was before all the the ML folks inv invaded DB, but was also went from when MB went from good to great. Like, what was that period like? Well, that's a very generous comment. Um, so, I, yeah. well, yeah, well, yeah. I don't get that very often, especially around here. <laughs> um, so I left uh, Continental Bank and went to Aubrey Lanston. Uh, was at Albury Lanson for a few years and learned a lot about the Fed and the technicals in the marketplace. But it was clear to me that um, their business model was not going to survive the next change in technology. Plus, at Aubrey Lanson, I was a market maker for a primary dealer. So my job was to sit there all day and just wait for clients to <clears throat> ask me to give them prices. And I thought, well, that's fine, but now I'm relying on somebody else to come in and do something to make money. And, and this is when this notion of proprietary trading started to germinate. They, they, there has always been it, but they never really called it that. And, and, and around that time, there was this French grain company that 
uh, was looking for a Wall Street guy because they thought if they had a better sense of the way Wall Street worked, they, they might be able to make more money. And uh, it's not a bad idea. Uh, I was looking to leave because I we were living in Manhattan. We didn't like Manhattan. This company was up in Stanford. And they were traders. They, they were commodity traders. And I felt like I could really... I could really learn something. And, and I, I went there and in terms of the interpersonal stuff, it was within days I realized that I was in the wrong place. I, I, with one exception, and I'm still friendly with this person to this day, I, I was clearly by indirect or direct design made to feel unwelcome and and i couldn't wait to get out of there but i took advantage of the fact that they had an understanding of managing risk so for the let's say nine months i was there or a year i was there i was a sponge and i learned everything i could and and but once again, there's this one fellow who I I would hold up amongst as good a trader as I've, I've ever worked with. Um, the rest of the guys, I would say, are, you know, I, I wouldn't have hired to work for me. I, I don't think they, uh, they were any good. Yeah. But this one fellow, and, and uh, I, I learned a lot. And... I learned how to learn. Like I remember him telling me how he took the Monroe calculator home with him one night because he didn't understand something. That's a bond calculator because internal rate of return is it's not complicated math, but it's it's brute force, right? And and, and like it never occurred to me like take the bond calculator home and just and once I did that, it's like all of a sudden these things started to fall open for me, right? And, and so, you know, I knew they didn't want me there. I didn't want to be there. And the first real opportunity that came around uh, to leave wasn't at Greenwich Capital. It was at Deutsche Bank. And somebody I met at Greenwich Capital and I hit it off. We're still friends to this day. And he introduced me to the Deutsche Bank guys. And the quote was sort of like, kid's kind of young, but if you can give him some wood to chop, I think he can make some money for that. And so I went into Deutsche Bank, and Deutsche Bank had basically wanted to start a primary dealer. And by doing that, all they did was go and hire everyone who worked on Dean Witter's primary dealership. And the funny part about that is those guys weren't any good either, except they happened to be long a ton of securities when the stock market crashed. So they had this windfall yeah, yeah. and they were enough 
of marketers that they spun a yarn about how good they were, right? So they get a mandate. They go work for Deutsche Bank. This fellow, John Eckstein, who was a name that survives, I met him. He and I, it's like you and me. We just like hit it off, right? And so I came in and was in the prop group with him. And um, uh, it was the first time I ever worked at a firm where they weren't anal retentive about losing money. Like losing money was part of the part of the business. So like when I worked at Continental Bank, no, you don't lose money. We're a bank. When I was at Aubrey Lanston, we don't lose money. We're the Eccles family. You know, we we have enough money that just don't lose the interest on the capital. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Then when I went to Dreyfus, they, I don't even know. They, they, the, the head guy was just such a cunt, I, right? And I was afraid of losing yeah. my job. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I got to, to Deutsche Bank, these guys would let shit fly. And if you want to say good to great, I, I'll take it. But what happened was I found a trade that had almost no risk in it. It had a low probability of succeeding. It had a high probability of breaking even. And if it succeeded, it'd be a windfall. What was it? What and was it? I'm, what was it? I know it was know. just it was just a cash versus futures. Yeah. I just bought the five year note and sold the sold the futures against it. And uh you know, back then, people had trouble with the yield calculations. So without getting too complicated, the hardest part about Wall Street is the jargon, okay? My comment last week about don't confuse wealth with intelligence, this is part and parcel of the same thing, okay? That's why I love using the word idiosyncratic or brownie emotion or heteroscedacity or leptokurtosis or because, you know, what they don't fucking mean anything. Look Alacrity. them up. There's, there's nothing. Alacrity. <laughs> Claudicans. Yeah, Claud- Thank you. Um, so anyway, at Deutsche Bank, I hit three or four of these. And I made some money. And I was on a, I was on a, uh, a fixed rate deal. So I got paid, not like later in my career, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden I, I started making legitimate money. And that's, I wouldn't say I became a better trader, but I got street cred because nothing travels faster than Wall Street than people making and losing money, right? And so eventually word got around that this kid at Deutsche Bank was making money. And, you know, ultimately that kid was Boaz Weinstein, that handsome guy that... <laughs> no, but that, that that's sort of what happened. That I got there, I did a few trades. By the way, 
um, virtually all of which, um, 80% of which I merely just copied what I saw and do at other places. Which, that's just the nature of the beast. I mean, if, you know, why do you, why do you see lawyers chase ambulances? It's because the people got hurt inside. That's business, right? So yeah. if a guy's talking about how he made money doing a trade at a dinner I went to, I'd make a mental note. I'd go home, yeah, you know, kiss the kids goodnight, yeah. flip the Bloomberg up, and then I'd just push it around. Yeah. Like I learned from my friend with the Monroe Bond calculator. Yeah. And, you know, you don't, this is the thing when I, we have our friend up in Canada that frustrates with me to know. And, and I don't know why it frustrates me. I don't shift it. Because you care. Because you care about him. Because you like him and you care about I, him. I, I do. I do. Give a shit, he, then you wouldn't give a shit about him knuckling around, but you like him. You see his potential and you want to buckle him to a desk and tell him what to do and then say, I told you so. <laughs> You're right. I know. <laughs> you, you don't need 50 fucking trades. You don't need 50 fucking trades. You know, you need a couple of trades. You know, you get bored. I don't know. We used to play backgammon on the computer. We watched old school. Ring the bell, you pansy. Right? I mean, the whole... Yeah, yeah. It's just, you're just waiting for one thing to the next until you find something good to do. And so that's sort of the warm and fuzzy story of how I went from being nobody to at a relatively young age, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable talking about how much I got paid. I don't, yeah, I, 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 don't I, I don't think it, it's necessarily germane to the conversation. I, was, I wasn't asking that last week. No, I know I, I, did, I, I didn't, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't want anyone coming away thinking, I was making $75,000. I mean, I was, you know, for being six for minutes, being 20... six, six minutes from the gate to the house. Okay. Six minutes. <laughs> okay. You can make a phone call from the mailbox to the, to the drawbridge. Okay. Not collect. Not collect. <laughs> exactly. But dude, let me say something. What you, yes. what you just said echoes what Charlie D said in his speech about standing in the pit and watching what the big dog, I think he called them the big dogs. I think he said, watch what the big guys are doing. If it's working for them, copy yeah. it. He goes, you know, it's not, this isn't a quiz. He goes, stand next to him and watch and learn. You know, it's that simple. That, that's the, that's the thing I try. And <clears throat> when I'm molding a young, young mind, I try and bash into their head okay it's about making money okay nothing nothing else matters i'm not saying break the law i'm not saying steal i'm just saying make money don't get caught up in this intellectual masturbation right i contend to this day if i found that sticking a pin in a pin cushion made me money I would have all the pins and pin cushions I could get my hands on and my fingers would be bleeding, right? I, I don't need the intellectual stimulation. Um, why do I do this now with you? Because one, it's fun to reminisce about old times. Two, I do think there are applicable life lessons 
from the stuff that I've seen that I'd like to share with people like care about. And, you know, that's why, you know, when I think of this show, I, it's like, I don't, I had a friend of mine from French capital yesterday. He's like, Oh, you, how do, how do you feel an hour? I'm like, Oh, it's like, I'm talking to a friend of mine. We just talked for an hour. And, 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 you know, you have enough conversations with two people or three people that are mutually respectful, open to criticism, and willing to learn, you can achieve tremendous things. And it's disheartening to me so often now when you see stuff. It's just like it's just like one piss and match after another. As Leslie's mother would say, there's no money in it. There's 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 no money in it. Yeah. So that's what I got for you, pal. All right, pal. That was fun. Thank you. Um, I appreciate it as always. Um, you want to talk about Can you call bringing on his bringing on his henchmen? You, you want to see you want to talk about him bringing his henchmen onto the board that broke? Oh, he's reinforce. He's trying to reinforce. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. we'll see. I don't know. I'm still taking the, uh, I'm still taking, uh, he's going to be gone. Uh, but yeah. I was wondering after, go ahead. No, no you're good. I was just going to say when the show's over, if you could drive over and help me get this fucking rat out of my front yard. <laughs> no, you know the people that I associate with. I cannot, <laughs> I cannot get involved in that. Okay. Between the labor and the, and those guys. Yeah. No, uh, I, I did want to, what was I want to say? What, uh, what's the current, what's the current bid for the auction? What's the, what are we at? Well, we had uh cause, cause it's like 21,000. 21. Okay. All right. Okay. Thousand. 21,000. Yeah. But we've got, I'll get it dialed in. I'll make it like a fancy poster or something like okay. that. And, uh, but you can't really, it's priceless. It's it's a priceless experience. I know, I know, I know. A guy was thanking a guy was uh dude, it's amazing you talk about people listening, and I'm still stunned by this. And my wife still doesn't believe it. But like a guy mentioned today about how Russian, how you had said whenever the thing started with Russia, you said one of the oligarchs, it'll come from inside and it's not gonna let and then yeah. sure enough, you're we're knocking on the door of that, you know. I, I mentioned to my friend from Greenwich last night, I you know, I, I do have a little bit of a chip on my shoulder in that I don't feel like I got a good education. And and not that where I went to school was bad. It's just the, the house I grew up in didn't value education. And so I, like most things, I blame my parents. Mm -hmm. But what I did for myself when I was able to read, which I can no longer do, um, I read a lot of biography. And you see the same pathology where a guy comes to power, he surrounds himself with his guys, and they're in on the take with him. And he's their guy while he's providing, or until they see weakness, and then one of them goes after him. And when they feel like they got a critical mass, that's how these you know, dictators, despots, that's how they get overrun. I don't know exactly what happened with Russia. Um, you know, there's that saying, if you go for the king, you better get him. But the fact that somebody took a shot 
that's not the last shot. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's why I don't think DJ Sal's making it. Because in, in, in ultimately, <laughs> when you strip away what went on, he lost a shit ton of money with the Marcus thing. He was involved in the MDV thing. You know, the, the yeah. Myanmar? MDV, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. Then they have all this sexual harassment stuff with the blowjob comments. Then he's out DJing. What it literally? What kind of? I mean, stock price is up. That's stock, stock price is up. Okay, so is the market. I don't care. What's the difference? That's that's what people. That's the argument people make. I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not defending it. I'm no, just, I, no, I, I'm not arguing. I mean, I I, I think if you look at the stock price today. That, that's the, the price today. But if you're going to own it for 20 years, who do you want? You want fucking Bozo the Clown running the thing? And by the way, I, as I said last week, that um, uh, Lemkow guy. Yeah, Kurt, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, Kurt, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he, I'm sure he's going to be niggling away, picking away pieces. And. Uh, um, if you're reading it in the store, if you get the news, if you get the news press release, that's a that's him recruiting right away. Okay, he's going. There's it is in the news. Let's go. Okay, yeah, you know, we're not going to yeah. keep that hush hush. He's they say I, I left. I'm going over here. Come on, this is what we're doing. Yeah, and you know, like I said, never met the guy. Apparently, very talented, well liked, and you know, it it trust me. I've worked for firms that have been in financial distress. And uh, Goldman is not in financial distress, but it's disheartening as a younger person when every morning you wake up and your firm's name is in the paper and it's got shit all over it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. It's just, it just. How do you recruit people? Yeah, really. So, anyway. All right, pal. Thank you very much. It's been fun. Thank uh, you. Yeah, it's fun. Good to see you. Yeah, yeah, Good that was well. You. All right. Thank you, all all right. well, thanks. Thank you, all the listeners, everyone. For uh, I got a lot of emails. There's a lot going on. Um, thank you all for listening. Inside Baseball Cast at Gmail, um, and I'll try my best to answer all of them. We've done a good job of don't, that. Don't forget to get updated credit card information. I was supposed to mention. Bye. <laughs>